infernal greetings dear brothers and sisters family and friends uh, welcome back to catch up podcast um, i'm glad to be chatting with you again tonight i have a bit of an interesting uh, subject um, i don't even know how to title it yet i'm still trying to figure out uh, a good title for this uh, this week's episode um, <clears throat> but it goes mostly about um, <clears throat> possession how do you control being possessed? <clears throat> um, you know, taking you guys back to uh, the 1980s, late 1980s, when I was around about 13, I think that's where it all uh, began for me. Um, you know, my life uh, as it was when I was younger was, uh, was very, very difficult as I'm sure uh, a lot of people out there have experienced. You know, not everybody gets to grow up, you know, with a silver spoon in their mouth. (laughs) I certainly didn't, but it made me a better man today. I mean, I wouldn't trade what I know today for anything in the world. You know, back in the day, I always used to think um, I was uh, deprived and I always used to envy people. I think, um, uh, also I was uh, a Christian back in those days. I mean, I didn't know any better. There was no such thing as the internet and uh, cell phones and information technology like there is today. I mean, today you can basically Google anything and you can find whatever it is you're looking for. Back in those days, you had to try and find a book, you know, to give you the answers that you're looking for and it normally resulted in having to uh, obtain a series of books of which I, I had many uh, many books on the occult and uh, and so forth uh, but before I turned 13 I was uh, living mostly in fear and I think that fear made me weak you know weak to the point where I didn't know how to defend myself and didn't know how to protect myself and uh, my parents back in those days, you know, were going through a very difficult time of their own and they didn't really have uh, much time to answer the kind of questions I had or my brother had, you know, um, <clears throat> which uh, proved to be, you know, to our detriment back in those days. I mean, if I wanted to know something, I had to speak to other people, but how do you speak to people? without making yourself uh, look uh, all bad and, and uh, incurring further, uh, you know, torment to yourself, you know, through criticization, uh, <clears throat> I can't even get the fucking word out, um, <clears throat> fuck, <clears throat> criticism, Fuck, criticization, criticization, criticization. Fuck, I don't know. Criticize, criticization. Sorry, I'm getting a bit tongue-tied there. But, um, you know, it's kind of late and had a long day. But uh, still, I feel I need to share this uh, in a podcast um, as it is uh, um, very... uh, 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 relevant because this is where all you know East Dark Garden actually sprouted from. Uh, East Dark Garden didn't just fall out of the sky, and the ideas didn't just uh, pop out of the seams. You know, it, it had to come from somewhere. 
something had to have uh, led to the birth of East Dark Garden. And back in the day, yeah, I was bullied quite a bit at school. I mean, I'm sure everybody is, knows about bullying and that, but uh, back in those days, you know, if you were bullied <coughs> you know, at school or by friends or whatever, you had to, you had to defend yourself. You had to do something to, to stop it. And uh, I didn't have enough faith in myself uh, to fight back, you know, to try and stop the bullying. And um, so <coughs> it led, well, it all started uh, with a psychiatrist. My parents decided, you know, it would be a good idea to put me into a boarding school um, at the age of 11. So, um, I mean, I had no choice back in those days. I think the day my dad took me to boarding school, I think I cried my eyes out. I thought I was, it. I was being basically booted out of the family and just had no fucking idea of how to deal with it. And, you know, I was really scared, <laughs> to be honest. And yes, uh, my first uh, four years in in boarding school, I was bullied very bad, degraded, mocked and teased, tripped in the corridors, you know, had my bed thrown up at night, you know, um, my stuff was stolen, and yes, I was, it was really bad, to put it like that, I mean, I think anybody that's gone through being bullied uh, can relate to, to uh, what I'm talking about, and uh, I just had nobody to turn to, there was just nobody I could... Uh, turn to for help nobody quite understood him so I had to uh, basically look inward I had to look within myself to try and find an answer to try and pull myself out of this dark pit of loneliness that I uh, was uh, dwelling in back in those days and um, at first I resorted to reading a lot of them you know and then um, I figured you know, why not, you know, why not try the occult? But it all started with a psychiatrist in the school where my parents dropped me off. You know, um, <clears throat> my parents thought there was a serious problem with me and there wasn't a problem with me per se. It was my circumstances and the fact that I didn't know how to deal with it and I didn't know how to talk about it to people and therefore fear of being criticized and for inflaming the situation making it worse <clears throat> and as a psychiatrist I landed up in his office my first session I landed up in his office the one day and he started off by trying to confirm you know my parents being my parents and then he asked me <clears throat> you know um, you know uh, well he started off by mentioning my mother as my stepmother <laughs> Can you fucking believe it? And I looked at him and I thought, no man, that's not my, my stepmother, that's my, that's my real mother. And he said, no, 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 <clears throat> your parents, when they signed you in, your mother signed you in as her stepmother, as your stepmother, sorry. And I, <clears throat> I was totally blown away, <clears throat> totally confused. I mean, I just couldn't fucking understand, you know, what the hell was this guy talking about? And I mean, I think it, I think those words of him telling me that my mother was my stepmother uh, it blew my mind it blew my mind you know and it lit- literally fucked up my entire life even still today I don't have the answer to that question because it doesn't matter what my mom and dad say nowadays I just don't know how to uh, deal with that 
you know, with the, with the with the concept of my mother being my stepmother, I mean, and my dad not being willing to talk about it, and it was sort of hush hush, and <clears throat> so um, that sparked it off. That that was the final straw which broke the camel's back for me, and um, my brother and I, <clears throat> you know. Um, on the one hand it made sense on the other hand it, it didn't make sense I mean things added up things didn't add up but it resulted in my twin and I being um, sort of like um, you know uh, we drove a wedge between my parents and my brothers and myself and, and my twin brother so myself and my twin brother you know we sort of ended up <clears throat> venturing out with our own ideas, but like I was telling you, I had this dark well of which I was trapped inside of it. I just couldn't, just couldn't make sense of, um, of of anything. So, you know, it led to us um, forming a group of friends. You know, we hooked up with a couple of guys our age. You know, back in school. And, um, you know, when I was in school, I was pretty much alone. I was like a bit of a reject, if you could put it that way. You know, like I told you, I was bullied and beaten up and fucking mocked and teased and kicked around like a fucking ragdoll until um, it all came to a head one day when uh, when a guy, like, his name was Ian. I'm not going to mention his, uh, his surname, huh? But uh, he's, uh, he sort of uh, tripped me the one morning in the corridor and fuck it, I thought, no, fuck this guy. Like, and you know, he made the biggest mistake of uh, turning around and walking away, you know, turning his back on me, thinking that I was too much of a coward to do anything to him. So uh, when he turned around, walking away, laughing, and decided, you know, I felt so small. But that was, that was like the final straw for me. I mean, I just fucking had enough. I mean, <clears throat> my old man used to <clears throat> dish out hidings and you know, beat the living crap out of us with belts and sticks and fists and you name it. I mean, look, I don't blame my old man. You know, back in the day, you know, um, but uh, so anyway, I got up off the, the floor and um, I ran up behind this guy and I jumped up in the air and I brought my fist down on the back of his head and I dropped him in an instant. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that led to a series of fights. You know, all his friends decided no, they needed to jump in and you know save his uh, his dignity. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I took that oak out with one punch to the back of the head and never saw it coming. And uh, needless to say, after that day, he stayed far away from me. You know, <clears throat> you know he uh, obtained a new form of respect for me. <laughs> But yes, I ended up fighting all his friends for that whole following week. I mean, my fists were black and blue. Uh, surprisingly, I never lost any of the fights. I mean, I fought like I was fucking fighting for my life. And, uh, on the last day of the week was a Friday. Um, we were all standing in the queue waiting to go for breakfast. And this guy, Brendan... You know, he was like sort of the, the big mouth of the group, you know, and uh, he challenged me to a, a fight, you know, he wanted to like even the score now and, you know, prove to everybody that he's like the man and so forth. And so, um, <clears throat> just before the first break, 
you know, I went into the, the bathrooms and I was alone and, and I called out to, uh, I don't know who it was that I called out. I just, you know, uh, I basically put it this way. Let's just say I challenged God, but I don't think it was God that like, jumped in. I mean, he's not a God of violence if you look at it like that. And, you know, but I, I did, I looked in the mirror and, you know, I looked deep into my own eyes and I summoned something within myself and I said to them, you know, to that, whatever it is that I had seen in myself, I, I challenged it to, to help me, I, you know. I said, you know, if you really exist, you know, prove it to me, help me win this fight. Because, I mean, I knew this guy was going to fuck me up. I mean, you know, he fucked up guys that was, uh, you know, that I you know, yeah, couldn't even fucking panel. So anyway, I, <clears throat> you know, I just, all I knew is that I didn't want to lose the fight. I mean, it would have been a great, uh, you know, it would have been really bad for me. I just couldn't see myself going on further, you know. So anyway, I stood in front of the mirror and I, I challenged whatever it, it was. I knew something was there, but I challenged it to, to help it, to prove itself to me. And uh, after I did that, I said no more. I walked outside and I got outside onto the, the playing field. I saw the whole school, all the kids were basically know standing behind this guy Brendan you know they're all backing him because they they in their minds you know Brendan was gonna whip my ass and maul me and everybody was gonna have a really good great time watching it and I and on my side of the field I was alone <clears throat> but I had something that they didn't have and they couldn't see it. so anyway old Brendan you know made his uh, assault on me unfortunately for him I he missed his first shot and I gave him one hard fucking punch to the face and in the nose and brought my fist back and hit him on the side of the temple, you know, the left side of his, uh, the right side of his temple and uh, knocked him to the ground and then I got him in sort of like a neck lock and you know, sort of ripped him into a, a fucking lock position on the ground but the problem is, is I, I snapped, you know, from the moment the fight began no, I was not myself. Something else took over. That's all, that's all I can make sense of. Well, within a matter of five seconds from the start of the fight to the point where I had him on the ground, uh, I got him in like a death lock and something just said to me, you know what, Wayne, just finish off this fucker because if he gets loose, he's going to really hurt you. So I thought, okay, cool. Let me just, you know, let me just fucking finish this. Up. So I decided to strangle him. <laughs> and yeah... The more he fought back, uh, the harder I squeezed him. And uh, eventually his eyes rolled back, his face turned blue, his lips turned blue and he stopped moving. Uh, but I just couldn't stop myself. I mean, I was in such a frenzy. I mean, after all the, the years of being bullied and mocked and teased by <clears throat> this guy and all his friends, you know, that was, like I said, the final straw. Yeah, it started when I took out his buddy Ian, one punch to the back of his head, then four of his other buddies, every, you know, one every single day. And like I said, I won every single fight, you know, with, uh, with, with seemingly no effort to. And, um, you know, very little damage to myself. I mean, these guys had no chance. But on this specific day, old Brendan fucking got the worst of it. And, uh, yeah, um, a teacher, 
know, everybody was in such shock to see what was what was happening. Nobody thought to jump in and stop me or even try. I mean, so I think one of the kids went and called one of the teachers. Um, so this teacher came running, you know, screaming that I, I'm a stop. I'm going to kill this guy. I'm a stop. I'm a stop. And um, you know, at first it sounded like a faint voice you know, in the background, and, and then suddenly it got louder and louder, and it rung home. And, and uh, as soon as it clicked in my head what I was doing, I automatically stopped strangling this guy, which was just as well because I think he was fucking moments from death. <laughs> but he deserved it, making a mistake. He's a real fucking rich kid, piece of shit, fucker. <laughs> you know, like a bully that needed a really fucking good hiding. Except he got more than a good hiding. He almost got fucking killed that day. So, uh, yeah, well, anyway, that, that was that was, that was that how that ended, that fight. But uh, after that, uh, him and his buddies stayed far, far away from me. I mean, they were shit scared of me. In fact, the entire fucking school, all the kids, like, stayed far away from me because they, they could see something had possessed me. But... Um, they couldn't make sense of it. I mean, not even I could make sense of it. I mean, I was a scrawny, skinny little fucker. You know, this guy was quite duck, you know, quite quite big bolt. You know, he was quite a fighter. And, um, you know, uh, but anyway, um, from that day forward, I ended up being possessed by something. And it led to me delving into the occult I mean I thought you know what whatever it was that saved me that day can certainly do it again so I started to search more more and more you know about the occult I mean I suddenly developed like a thirst for knowledge you know, a thirst for knowing you know I wanted to know the God that saved me I didn't want to know the God that never was there you know beg and pray and beg and pray for what the fuck all happens here but uh, whatever it was that I conjured that day that I called her, you know, into me to assist me, I wanted to know more about that. So um, we got into, you know, it's kind of a long story short, uh, you know, um, I told my brother about it and my friends, you know, back home and uh, my few friends. I had a couple of very good friends, you know, a handful, about five. I mean, we used to call ourselves, you know, the pentagram, you know, the five of the pentagram, you know, five buddies forming the five corner points of the pentagram. And, uh, yeah, we delved into the occult and got to know more about it and became more and more intrigued by the, the symbols and the mystery behind it and the power that it actually gave us. I mean, the more we delved into it, you know, we, we, gained, we gained like a type of uh, of confidence, like, like a power that made you feel invincible. And I mean, it became addictive. So, um, you know, from that day forward, I, I knew where my, my heart belonged. I mean, no questions about it, devil or no devil, evil or not. I wanted, I wanted it in me. You know, I wanted to be filled with it because I never wanted to go through that torment that I went through before trying to be this fucking stupid little submissive Christian that just got kicked around and mocked and teased and ripped off and and I saw when you know when I had the power of, of the devil in me people were afraid of me they could see it in my eyes I mean especially when they provoked me suddenly like they 
got to a point and then they would stop and then they would fucking get as far away from me as possible. You know, so I, I liked that. I mean, because that made me feel safer. You know, believing in the devil and having the power of the devil with me, you know, made me strong. It made me a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we got into... Uh, what you call a Ouija board, but we never had a Ouija board. I mean, we made our own. But it got to a point where um, we played it regularly. And, um, <clears throat> you know, back in those days, I mean, we didn't know much about it. I mean, we just knew that's how you call upon the spirits. <laughs> so we, we used to call upon spirits quite often, myself and my brother, and uh, my one buddy in particular, Mario. I mean, we were very, very tight-knit buddies. I mean, you know, we trusted each other, trusted ourselves. Sorry, we trusted each other with our, with our lives, if you can put it that way. You know, and it was wonderful because for the first time in my life, I was no longer afraid of anything. In fact, I just wanted to challenge everything, you know. And, um, but it did have its uh, dark side to it. You know? um, it became very violent. You know, uh, there was there was the there was the downside to it. Was I became very violent, and, you know, very aggressive. I was constantly aggressive, and you know, uh, but I liked it because for the first time in my life, I didn't have to deal with bullies. But on the other hand, it, it almost turned me into a bully. I mean, everybody that looked at me skew, I literally fucking piled into them and kicked the shit out of them. <laughs> You know, which was not—it's not a good thing, but uh, it saved me back in the day, and I think that's what—that's what what gave me the strength that I have today, which I still got. But um, yes, when we, we used to play, uh, we you know uh, we used to call it glassy, glassy, and amongst other you know you know uh, conjuration uh, games that we used to play. But I think. The fact that we didn't really understand what we're dealing with uh, sort of shielded us from what could have gotten, what could have gone wrong. Because I mean, I remember days where uh, eventually, whatever it was we were conjuring, just didn't want to fucking talk to us. (laughs) You know, the more we tried to play it, fuck all, it doesn't want to work. Summon, 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 please. You know, nothing happens. And then there were days when, you know, when we actually did play and, uh, yeah, we, we could see, okay, something was with us. Something was communicating with us. But it was giving us a whole lot of mumbo-jumbo, you know, couldn't really make sense of the language of just talking. So we, you know, being young and, and everything, I mean, we got bored quickly. I mean, we used to even fucking rip the, rip the spirits off her call them into the glass, you know, and then uh, sort of like make fun of them. Then we check the glass, start spinning around the table, going crazy like, until it flies off the fucking table. And then we figured, okay, fine, put the glass away, things pissed off, uh, you know, we'll get back to it later. But we never sent it away. I mean, you know, quite often we just flipped the glass over and there was it and back up the board and, you know, carry on doing whatever we were doing. But little did we know that, um, little did I know actually, that uh, my need for their, for their strength, their power, actually came to me. And uh, I think if I understood it back then, um, I might have been able to manipulate that power even further. But I didn't, I mean, we hardly even believed that it was real. I mean, yeah, we saw the glass, 
spinning and carrying on, you know, but it never really gave us anything to, uh, you know, to, 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 to cement our, our uh, faith in it or our belief in it. You know, we used to just play it for fun. You know, we get bored. We decide, okay, fuck that, let's play glassy, you know, summon the spirits and, you know, check who we can talk to and, and so forth. I mean, my brother, he saw another guy <coughs> get beaten to death. And, you know, when uh, he was younger, him and Mario, they were invited to a party and, you know, uh, there was a big fight, you know, the guys were drunk and so forth. So the one guy took a glass bottle and, stabbed the other guy and then fucking shoved a broken glass in his mouth and then jumped on his head and, and unfortunately the guy died you know from the whole affair so that that like freaked them out a bit um, but they were never attracted to the occult like I was I mean I felt like I belonged in the occult I felt like it, I felt like at home I mean I felt like I was uh, I was totally comfortable with it like I couldn't live without it and I think that was around about the time, you know, when I was 13, it was around about the time that uh, we started getting into, like, heavy metal music, you know. Back then, it started out with rock music, and then it progressed to thrash music, and then to death metal, and, and then uh, from there to black metal. And um, I think around about that time, uh, Cradle of Filth came out, it just came out in 1991, if I remember correctly. And uh, when I heard Cradle for the first time, I was totally blown away. I thought they were one of the best bands I'd ever heard. And um, I'm proud to know Cradle of Filth. I mean, um, I've always been a great admirer of Danny, you know, Danny Filth. You know, if I can be honest, you know, he played a big role in my life. I sort of kind of saw him as like a big brother, you know, and uh, he inspired me a lot, you know. Uh, still to this day, you know, I'm glad to have shared the same lifetime as uh, as Danny. But um, yes, back to, to being possessed. <laughs> so as the years, you know, progressed, <clears throat> things started to happen in my life, especially you know, um, with uh, occurrences, bad occurrences. Every time when I was in a bad place or in a in a bad way, I used to call upon these spirits sometimes without even knowing it. And they would come to my aid without me even having to ask, they would be there to back me up. So many times in, in my life I went through violence and um, I always came out tops for some reason. I mean, I could never understand it, <laughs> especially when I needed you know, to be protected. They, I found them to be by my side. I could feel my spirit was was almost inflamed but it gave me the kind of power the kind of strength that I needed and uh, eventually that's what pulled me through every single time and um, I think those days were you know that was the beginning for me the beginning of becoming a Satanist and at first I used to hide the concept from people I never wanted people to know who I really was you know I thought that was my own secret weapon and um, to this day, it still is. When people fuck with me, like, you know, um, they still think they're getting away with it. And before they know it, they're fucking a world of shit. And I haven't done anything. All I did was say, okay, well, fuck with me and go right ahead and see what happens. 
And yeah, all through the years, I mean, I've experienced a lot of violence, but um, I was never once ever injured by it or sustained any long-term loss because of it, you know. Fair enough, whenever I try to move away from it, you know, I became weak and susceptible to the fucking crap around me. But whenever I kept my faith in Lucifer strong, um, I was always strong. I mean, nobody could come anywhere near me. And it was a case of uh, my will uh, and my strength attracting things for me. I mean, you know, I used to have the kind of luck that not everybody is lucky enough to have. I mean, I had luck with women, I had luck with money, I had luck with friends, I had luck with everything. Eventually, even <clears throat> when um, <clears throat> people try to take me on, like, you know, muggers and people that try to rob me, and, you know, they tried, but they just fucking never got it right. They always just somehow lost, <laughs> which is perfect by me, I mean. People speak of demons being bad, but they're only bad to those who are bad to them. You know, I mean, like me, they've also got to defend themselves, just like everybody else. I mean, any person that comes under threat, any entity that comes under threat, any creature that comes under threat, its natural instinct is to defend itself. Defend your home, defend your family, defend your faith, defend your personal being. I mean, no, <clears throat> nothing can be criticized for that. I mean, you treat people fairly, you get treated fairly. You treat animals fairly, they treat you fairly. That's just the law of physics, the law of life. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's how it was for me. And uh, that's how I grew up, even still today, still flying strong, I would never change my faith, because it was always there to protect me, and it will always be, regardless of what people say, but it did come to a point where uh, I started to realize, yes, I was definitely possessed by something, because, uh, you know, even still today, you'll never catch me with an upright cross, I mean, to me, that's just, in my books, that's fucking blasphemy, yeah, when I see an upside an upright cross it reminds me of falsehood and lies and deception and you know manipulation and all the, the, the really really fucking bad things when I flip that cross upside down you know I see truth I see reality you know I see strength I see real meaning you know the fear of of, of life being destroyed you know the fear of persistence being destroyed you know, um, so for me, the upside down cross carries more meaning, you know, just resembles reality to me, and I'm a real person, so I prefer reality, you know, to fucking lies and bullshit, and yeah, um, I mean, I even tried to challenge myself going to church a few times, I mean, for a long time, I fucking, even when I was uh, still a little dumbass Christian, parents used to force me to go to church and I used to just sit there and fall asleep most of the time. Eventually I just fucking hated going there. I refused to go. And uh, it landed up in my dad and I having a huge fight over it. One day my dad tried to kick the shit out of me but um, I mean he really went wild. <laughs> you know I thought he was going to kill me that day. <laughs> but uh, my eyes I could feel like you know 
you know, there was definitely something inside me. My old man looked at me, you know, he was panting after kicking the shit out of me. And, you know, and he just said to me, you know, Wayne, stop looking at me like that. Stop looking at me like that. Blah, blah. I couldn't. I, it's like my eyes were on fire. <laughs> I had such hatred inside me like that he had installed. <laughs> You know, but um, luckily enough, I, I never hit my, my father, not even once. Out all the times he ever beat me, I never once lifted my hand to my father. I mean, you know, I've got respect, I've got dignity, I've got pride, and I never wanted to hurt my family. I mean, that was never my intention. You know, my problems was my own problems, but um, in this situation, you know, that's what happened. I mean, I became almost like a force to be reckoned with, but like a demonic force <laughs> filled with, you know, hatred that other people had installed inside me. I mean, I was I was a very happy guy. I mean, easygoing. I don't look in trouble. I don't make trouble. You know, but when trouble came looking for me, I fucking surely gripped it by the balls and twisted it around and threw it straight back at the source, you know. And that's um, how, 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 how I ended up growing up, you know, and, um, but I never really told people about this, I mean, this is actually the first time in my life that I'm telling people about what happened to me and how I grew up, mainly, mainly because it's relevant to my upcoming podcasts that I'd like to talk about, uh, can't wait to get started with the Eastar Garden podcast, uh, that'll be in season two, because um, this is where Eastar Garden was born. You know the division of it, the idea of it. But uh, even before East Dark Garden was born, you know we went under like a like sort of like a code name called the Black Angels. We used to call ourselves the Black Angels, the five of us. You know, and uh, we truly believed that we were black angels. You know, angels from hell, or governed by angels from hell. But that was what we referred to ourselves as the black angels and um, <clears throat> yeah we did you know I personally did a lot of studies uh, that's where my studies into satanism began um, my study into witchcraft hadn't begun yet that would come at a later stage uh, you know I'd get into witchcraft mainly because uh, I needed to know more you know I wanted to learn how to manipulate things to my favor how to make things work for me instead of against me. And, um, yeah, witchcraft taught me that you tap that power from the earth and from within yourself. I mean, you draw the, 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 the power from the earth, but the source of the energy comes from within yourself. You know, um, you first got to turn inwards before you turn outwards. You use your inner power to summon the outer power or to manipulate the power that exists around you. You know, the energy, it's not really power, it's more energy that you're manipulating. But back in those days, I mean, I really didn't have a cooking clue what I was doing. I was following this inner voice inside myself that was guiding me. And, you know, the more I got into Satanism, the stronger I became spiritually. And that's what I appreciated about it. I mean, it gave me the kind of confidence that I needed to get through the world because, you know, I didn't grow up with money. My parents were not rich. 
you know, uh, as a matter of fact, my dad was a soldier in the, in the Rhodesian Bush War, <clears throat> and, um, you know, we lost everything, my family lost everything when we left Rhodesia, um, like a lot of other people, I mean, we gave, you know, we, my, you know, the Rhodesians fought hard for that land, they cultivated, I mean, Rhodesia was, was one of the richest countries since in southern Africa, you know, back in the 60s and 50s, and, uh, then the war broke out in the 70s, and, and then after that everything changed, Bob Mugabe came in and trashed all fucking land, fucked up everything, you know, <clears throat> turned, uh, you know, sort of became the second Hitler, <laughs> You know, if you can say so, fucking murdering his own people and terrorizing his own people. You know, fucking greedy fucker he was, you know, blaming everything on the white people. But I mean, the white people back in those days were good to the black people, you know. Yes, I mean, you, in every culture you do get your fragments of bad people. But Mugabe uh, used that to his advantage, you know, he was the fucking worst of them all. But uh, luckily he's, he's dead now, and I'm not afraid to say that. I'm really fucking happy. A lot of people's lives are much better since that fucker's dead. And <clears throat> so anyway, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, and, and I'm not a racist myself. I have many, many African friends, and uh, I have a great love and respect for the African people. In fact, for all people, all nations, all races. I'm a great lover of animals. Um, you know, people in general. I mean, I try to look at the good side of people and uh, justify, you know, uh, the bad side. <laughs> you know, everything comes with a good and a bad side. I mean, that's just how the fucking world was created. <sighs> so, um, yeah, I grew up with this, this power inside me and uh, it led to me exploring uh, the paranormal um, and I did have a, quite a few paranormal experiences of my own I think some of them I've already spoken about you know uh, the haunting at my parents' place uh, 56 Old Johannesburg Road in Vienna um, but I somehow think that during our conjuration of spirits and, you know, we sort of summoned things you know little did we know I mean, we just thought they were there. I mean, we didn't realize that we actually summoned them, that we actually brought them there. You know, uh, we just thought, okay, fine, the fuckers are here. You know, we don't fuck with them, they don't fuck with us. So, but they, they didn't fuck with us. They didn't do anything bad to us. I mean, yeah, they were very curious. <laughs> Always hung around us, but uh, they never did anything to us. Yeah, they try to scare us, but, you know, I mean, when you become a Satanist, you learn to adopt that fear and use it as a weapon. You're no longer manipulated by that fear or susceptible to it. So you learn to use it as a, as a, as a weapon. It becomes part of your arsenal. So yes, um, I was never, I never went through any psychotic episodes, <laughs> you know, because of being a, a Satanist or being possessed. But it did have an effect on me in the beginning. I mean, I remember when I was in boarding school, I think I told you guys about the boarding school spirits that was there. Um, but I think I had my own spirits that, uh, that clung to me. 
and uh, I did go through a couple of uh, uh, episodes, you know, uh, where I had black hearts and, you know, I went through, uh, had a lot of psychological problems, but I think mostly it was because of misunderstandings, being misinformed, you know, um, so that fueled my study into the occult even further, which was, for me, was perfect, because the more I came to understand the more I overcame my problems. And um, these people that bullied me, these children that tried to bully me in school, you know, they ended up seeing the bad side of me, which they again drew out. I mean, so yes, um, <clears throat> you know, when I look at other people's uh, cases of possession, you know, there's a lot of possession cases out there. You know, uh, I'm sure you guys know quite a quite a few. I mean, there are some very popular ones where they use priests to do exorcisms and stuff. I never went through any exorcisms. You know, I couldn't stand the sight of a priest, which for me was justifiable because when I looked at a priest, I saw nothing but a fucking liar and a bullshitter. He wants to come and tell me that I'm wrong and there's something wrong with me. Meantime, he's guilty of more shit than I am. So I thought, you know what? Fuck the priests. Fuck Christianity, fuck the church. I mean, they harbor more bad people than than anything else. But they want to tell me I'm fucking bad. <clears throat> and they want to make me out to be the one that's going to hell. I mean, back in those days, I couldn't give a shit where I was going. As long as I just wasn't lied to and bullshitted and bullied and fucked around. I mean, I wanted to have a good life. I mean, I wanted to have a shot at being successful. Like every other normal person out there. I mean, I did go through my drug phase, like every child, every teenager does. You know, you go through your drug phases, and you go through your whole growing up, you know, we have to basically experience all the bad things so that you know how to appreciate the good things in your life. And, and eventually you, you grow up. I mean, you know, I can name a number of incidents uh, where I used to imagine you know, I had like, the power to call upon uh, uh, or to influence my circumstance, and uh, quite often happened, you know, short a couple of bucks or two, you know, a couple of rands, and suddenly I would pick up that money just out of the blue. I'd find the exact amount of fucking money that I shorted. I just couldn't understand where the hell this money come from. You know, uh, for example, one New Year's Eve, and I was cruising home from uh, uh, like a metal, gothic, gothic punk metal club called Alcatraz, and um, and I had to literally hike home. It was about maybe 30, 40 k's out to hike, and you know, but there was a bus going that route. And I just fucking didn't have the, the the energy to hike, but I just felt you know I had no fucking choice here. So I was walking along the road and something told me to keep looking down. So I did, I just kept looking down. It's in a street shit, yeah, I pick up 10 bucks. And back in those days, 10 bucks was enough for a bus ticket and a packet of fucking smokes. So I was I was happy, I was fucking overjoyed, but I couldn't believe that I found this fucking 10 bucks lying in the gutter. I mean, if I didn't listen to this voice telling me what to do, I would never have found a 10 bucks. And that was just one of many occasions that happened like that. I mean, I had another girlfriend I was dating at the time. Um, I used to be a barman back in those days. I used to drink a lot and 
um, I ended up drinking out my whole night's wages. So um, on the way home, you know, I was thinking, how the hell am I going to explain this to my girlfriend? I fucking drunk out all the money. And then I said, same thing. Coming to me, man, just keep looking down. Don't take your eyes off the ground. It's true shit. Yeah, I find this fucking wallet. And in the wallet, there was nothing there except the exact amount of money that I needed to make up for what I had blown on alcohol. And then I started to realize that this whole satanic thing is actually working in my favor. <laughs> so I stuck with it. I mean, not to mention a number of times um, uh, people try to mug me and, yeah, uh, uh, one hands down. I mean, you know, I won every fight after that. I mean, every single battle that I've ever fought since I've, I've won. I mean, I rarely, rarely, rarely lose a fight or anything. If I set my heart on something, I know I'm going to get it, you know. And if I don't get it, then I know that something better is waiting for me, you know. So I never get disheartened. I always just become more curious, you know, more full with the desire to, to succeed because I know maybe if one thing doesn't work, it's only because that, it's not because it's like a bad thing or I've done anything wrong. It just means that like something better is installed for me, something greater, something that's going to make me even happier. And uh, that, that's how I've uh, survived in life. And, you know, that's how my possession actually benefited me. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that uh, go through possessions that uh, where the demons actually ravish their their bodies but I think it's because they try to resist the demons you know they try to apply this whole Christian concept you know to their possession and you you can't mix oil and water you either go with the flow or you fucking drown (laughs) you know that's how a possession works if you become possessed it can work in your favour provided you learn to control it you know but um, you get a lot of God-fearing people that don't want to be possessed or, um, <clears throat> you know, their, their possession actually revolves around different circumstances. You know, maybe they've done something or someone close to them has done something to create, the, to cause the possession to go wrong. And, um, you know, all the years, I mean, I've dealt in Satanism. I've been possessed, but not in a bad way. It's always benefited me for some reason. It's like Satan's always had my back. He's always made sure that everybody that fucks with me pays for it. And everything I've ever wanted, I get. So I'll be careful, you know. So I'm always careful what I wish for. You know, I wish for good things, not bad things. And if I uh, don't stick to my, you know, my purpose in life, bad things naturally happen, as with everybody. So at the end of the day, you know, I often ask, am I truly possessed or am I not? (laughs) But often I I think I am. I somehow think that I'm guarded by two two, uh, dark entities that are with me always. You know, they always protect me, they keep me safe, and, you know, they keep the, the real shit away from me, and they um, benefit me, you know, they help me to survive in life, I mean, I've been many places, I've seen many things, 
you know, uh, and I've always been protected. I've always managed to get the most out of it and enjoy life at the same time. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, you know, when you when you when you got no guilt, your heart is as light as a feather, and uh, your conscience. You know, you don't walk around with this heavy bad conscience, you know, I mean, I don't have that, I mean, I don't live my life to do bad things, you know, in fact, I, I have this purpose to want to help people, and despite who I am and my history, and, you know, I have this overwhelming need to, to love people, to help people, but I don't really love people or anything easily, you know, love for me is, um, it's like a trap, <laughs> You know, trapped for the blind. <laughs> you know, love lasts about, you know, like, you know, burns out that flame after a while. You know, it doesn't last as long as you would like it to. You know, I mean, there's always going to be good things and there's always going to be bad things, but, you know, I, I do love people and, you know, but not in the sense where it is overwhelming and. Where it draws you into a pit of weakness and deception. You know, I sort of have uh, developed an immunity towards that. You know, uh, my experience with people over the years has been good. I mean, I've met a lot of good people out there, and I've also met a lot of bad people. You know, and uh, myself, I try to be a good person, even though every time um, I'm trying to help somebody, I end up losing everything. I don't know why that is. Um, you know, when I'm not helping anybody, I'm pretty successful. <laughs> At the moment I start helping people, I fucking end up losing everything. And I just have no idea why that is. You know, maybe it's a, a bad gene on my part. <laughs> but um, I don't feel guilty. I mean, I don't mind losing everything because I know I can gain it back again. And I feel more sorry for other people that they don't have the kind of luck that I have, uh, that they haven't experienced what I have. And, um, you know, uh, so when it comes to possession, uh, I don't think it affects me half as bad as it affects other people. I think it's mostly because I, I welcome it, you know, I welcome the purpose of it. I see the good side of it and I use it to protect myself. All my life, you know, I can walk amongst really fucking bad, bad, bad people. And uh, they take one look at me and they stay far away from me. Somehow they get this impression that I'm actually worse than they are. And uh, which is not actually true. But I think somehow their subconscious mind sees that I'm protected by something, something evil. You know, so they choose not to cross paths with me. And those that do cross paths with me and fucking step on my toes and shit on my doorstep, within two weeks end up paying a very severe price. And um, I mean that's just how it is. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't stop my demons from doing what they have to do because I know they're there for me. You know, they're there to protect me. Nobody else is going to protect me. I mean, I'm just a simple human being in a simple body, you know, but for some reason I'm protected, you know, and uh, I can cast spells and conjurations seamlessly very easy without even, you know, studying anything to do it, you know, I just 
wish for and it happens it comes and, and yeah sometimes it doesn't come immediately but it does come it comes when it's meant to come when it's most needed and it's most necessary and a lot of people believe that these are guardian angels um i believe i have guardian demons maybe i do have guardian angels i don't know never seen them materialize anything good in my life <laughs> Every time I've asked for the protection of angels, I end up fucking being more disappointed than anything else, you know. But when I turn to my demons, I get that strength, I get that cover, you know, I get that appreciation, I get what it is that I'm looking for. And um, if it's not really what I wanted, I pass it on to somebody else that needs it more. Um, I don't pass on the bad things though. I don't pass on my bad luck to other people. Um, I try to pass on my my good luck. I try to, you know, even when I encounter bad people, um, for some reason they see the better. I don't know what it is they see in me, <clears throat> but it definitely uh, deters them from trying to do any harm to me. And like I'm saying, those that don't know me. and they cross my path and they end up fucking paying the price for it I mean that is not anything that I do I, mean, I don't touch them physically I don't curse them or anything like that I just take one look at them and I think to, them, to myself you know what fuck this person and I turn around and I walk away before I know it fucking something bad's happened to that person and I often feel a little guilty but um it's not nothing I did I mean, it's what they did they brought it upon themselves and I didn't do anything you know I just fucking walked away I just thought you know what fuck that person and I walked away but my demons being who they are won't let harm come to me and those who do try to harm me they pay the price for it So I think being a Satanist has its benefits at the end of the day. Um, I'm not ashamed of being a Satanist. I would encourage anybody to follow the dark side, provided that you can handle it. You know, you do have to have balls of steel. You have to have an open mind. You have to have a strong sense of character. You cannot allow uh, fear to uh, become like a weed in your blood. You know, you got to control fear. You must let it control you. And that is the whole thing about Satanism. And I think that's why Christians are so afraid of that kind of power because they don't know how to control it. You know, hence the term sheep for Christians. <laughs> they need to be led. You know, they can't bleed. You know, luckily for me, you know, yes, I'm a scorpion. That also adds to my personal traits. I'm a very strong scorpion. um to take numerology and uh you know like I did I wanted to know more about myself so I did a whole profile on my characteristics and I saw yes I have a lot of strong capabilities a lot of uh good qualities uh and uh you know I do end up attracting a lot of people I'm like a people magnet <laughs> people somehow fucking st- cling to me you know they find my strength very intriguing they try to tap into it the moment they tap into it they try to fucking suck it out of me you know but um, I just draw the line and cut them off I mean I'm a solitary person my faith 
in myself and in what I believe in is more important to me than anyone out there. I do have a daughter, which I love very much, but I don't manipulate her life. I let her live her life the way she sees fit, provided that she stays away from things that can harm her. I mean, that's my job as, as a father, is to guide her from the wrong things in life, which will lead to her downfall. You know, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, back to possession. Um, I do feel sorry for people that become possessed and that cannot control the possession and it turns into a nightmare for them. Uh, myself, um, I do also have nightmares, many nightmares, uh, really, really fucking bad ones. Um, to be, you know, for example, to give you an idea of the kind of nightmares I have. <laughs> Um, the one day <clears throat> I had this reoccurring nightmare for about three days, four days, every day, every night uh, in a row. <clears throat> Even still today, about 20 years later, I can still remember this nightmare. <clears throat> That's how much effect it had on me. And um, uh, it all started out in this uh, one-story house, you know, it's sort of like L-shaped. You know, the back door was at the foot of the L, you know, like where the toe would be. If you look at it, a leg and a foot, you know, the L shaped like a leg and a foot. So the kitchen area was at the, <clears throat> the toe end of the foot. So you would enter there and then walk through the house right through to the top of the L, top of the leg. And it was a very magnificent house. <clears throat> I think the kind of house any fucking person would, would, would just kill to, to have, you know, to be able to, 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 to live in. It was a really, really beautiful, beautiful house, a beautiful garden, big rooms. I mean, yeah, it had uh, really expensive antique furniture in the house. You know, anything you could have asked for was in there. And um, then underneath the house was a, a basement. And I was always curious, you know, what was in the basement? Because the dream started off, you know, the first dream was I was in the outside area of the house, you know, the yard. And the uh, second part of the dream, I was entered into the house, um, you know, walked through the house, got to see everything in the house, and I was really, really moved by it. And uh, in the third part of the dream... <clears throat> I went into the basement, and when I got into the basement, I remember going down the stairs to the foot into the basement, and I found a huge block full of sort of like ice cubes, but in the shape of like a block, and inside the ice cubes was bodies, like packed, 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 packed with bodies, like dead bodies, and... Um, I think I was a little bit shocked by it. So uh, when I came out of the out of the basement, I went out of the basement, you know, a little bit shocked. Can't really say scared, just shocked. I mean, how can such a beautiful house have such a uh, ugly, you know, uh, not ugly, but terrifying um, history? You know, just right underneath it. I mean, where did these bodies come from? I mean, who were these people that was killed there or buried there? I mean, 
they were frozen. Stuff. Couldn't see the cause of death or anything, but yeah, just the whole basement was full to this. Uh, please keep in mind, uh, sorry, just uh, just a, a quick uh, 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 apology there, it's raining over here, so uh, you probably can hear the rain pouring down this side, but uh, I'd just like to, to please keep in mind that I'm not encouraging anybody to become possessed by demons, I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, that happens by everybody's own choice, or everybody's own, but I'm not encouraging it, I'm just... Uh, telling you a little bit about myself and uh, how uh, Eastar Garden uh, came to be and how it was born and where it came from and the whole concept behind it. Uh, so please uh, keep that in mind. Um, I'm not discriminating against anybody or anybody's religion in any way. Um, I'm not trying to bring harm to people. I'm just uh, talking about my own personal experiences and how uh, East Dark Garden came to be as uh, this will be part of the introduction uh, to uh, East Dark Garden. Sorry, welcome back to uh, Catch Up Podcast, uh, Demonic Possession Part 2. In Part 1, I was busy uh, talking about this uh, dream, (coughs) this reoccurring dream that I was having. Um, In uh, the third part of the dream, I was down in the basement of this house. And yes, um, as I was exiting this uh, basement, I went outside into the yard and... um, I found, you know, when I looked up into the sky, the sky was was blackened by these uh, demonic entities that were, you know, perched on top of horses. They were forming like a whirlwind, you know, and as the whirlwind twisted around the house, I was sucked up, you know, into the, you know, through the whirlwind, like to the top, and uh, that's basically where the dream ended. But that's all I can remember of the dream. I was surrounded by these demonic entities, you know, thousands and thousands of them spinning in the form of a whirlwind all around me. But somehow, I was not afraid of it, you know, I was just more intrigued by it. And I always believed that this dream had um, some kind of uh, meaning to my life, you know, and, uh, I could never, yeah, I've always, I mean, I even went into a study of, uh, you know, dream studies, and I just could never find the true meaning of this dream, you know, the beautiful yard, the beautiful house, the beautiful layout was something I always wanted, and then the basement filled with the bodies on ice, and then uh, the dream ending with me being caught up in a whirlwind of demons, and, um, I think the demons were there, you know, not only to possess me, but to use me for some purpose. Um, And I think um, the purpose of the time, I had no idea. 
But I think when I look back on my life, I can see that, yes, my study into demonology and my um, uh, knowledge surrounding it over the years not only benefited uh, myself, but it has also benefited many people around me. You know, giving me the power and the understanding to deal with the kind of problems that... uh, my fellow people couldn't deal with, couldn't understand. Um, yeah, so uh, that's 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 just how that all came about. I mean, that old dream, you know. And then over the years, uh, it led me to um, starting East Dark Garden. I mean, my twin brother, he came up with the the, the idea for it, the name East Dark Garden. Just brilliant. I mean. But I just don't think he had uh, knowledge to add flesh to the to the words. You know, he just didn't know how to like, make sense of it, how to apply it. And to him, it was just a fanatical name and sounded cool and wonderful and everything. And we had this big idea of starting a band together, which never worked out because um, him and I don't share the same ideas. And when I look at East Dark Garden, I, I see a purpose, I see a vision. You know, I have a vision of, of, of what it stands for and you know, how it justifies the world we live in today. I mean, he's afraid of uh, Satanism. He's not a Satanist. You know, he's afraid of religion. I mean, not afraid of it, but, um, you know, he's not, him and I are not the same in that way. A lot of people, you know, uh, don't know how to comprehend my way of thinking and way of seeing things, and nobody can understand why I've chosen to be a Satanist. But then again, they've never walked in my footsteps. They've never suffered the kind of traumas that I've had to suffer, you know. And uh, so they don't understand the strength that, it, that I draw from it, you know. And um, look, I don't impose my religion or my faith or beliefs on anybody. I mean, I believe everybody's religion is their own choice. You know, it's like their fingerprint. My relationship with the gods of the world is my relationship with them. They understand me, I understand them. I serve them, they serve me. You know, we, one hand washes the other, that's how I see it. And uh, I don't fear death. <clears throat> I think I have quite a good understanding of what lies you know, behind the veils of death, you know. And uh, I think that benefits me. The knowledge of knowing this benefits me. And um, this is where the whole East Oak Garden concept was born. Um, and it actually started to take shape around about 1996 when I started writing my first songs for uh, East Dark Garden. You know, one of the songs I, well, the very, very first song I ever wrote is called I Am The Light, you know, believe it or not. You know, I'll get the lyrics and I'll do the lyrics, I'll put the lyrics up for you, I'll read it out to you. Uh, unfortunately, it won't be in this podcast, but it's pretty brutal lyrics, but it makes the world of sense. And... Um, I'll put the lyrics down for the song. I'll read it to you so you can hear. I did do a, 
um, an actual, I did add music to the song, put it into song format, uh, called I Am The Light, you know, uh, uh, title of the, of the, of the album was, uh, that I started back in those days, was called, uh, Four Dark Seasons, it is on Reverb Nation, under East Dark Garden Reverb Nation, you can find it there if you want to look for it, if you got Reverb Nation, just type in Reverb, um, East Dark Garden, and, uh, it will kick it out for you, kick out my little website, unfortunately, I haven't really done much with it, I mean, I've kept it going for all the years, but I've never really done anything with it. I mean, I've been too busy with other things. You know, uh, money hasn't always been, you know, there. It has been there, I mean, but um, it's always gone to other things. I just never really believed East Dark Garden could really work, you know, until 2009, huh? when um, I started to actually market it on Facebook. And, and when I put it on Reverb Nation, it, it trained it five times over the period of three months. And uh, ever since then, it's been in the top 10, top 20, top 40. Uh, you know, not in the beginning though, I mean, even when it trained it. But uh, within a matter of six months, it hit the top 10. And it's literally been bouncing in and out of the top 10. And now it stays in the top 10 permanently, which I'm quite chuffed about, you know. Um, I've been offered many record deals. Uh, many uh, ca- uh, people have wanted to, cal- you, know, um, you know, collaborate with me on East Dark Gardens project, but um, somehow it's always just remained a, a solo project. You know, I'm a very busy person. Was busy, busy, fucking moving around, doing things. Uh, so I work on East Dark Garden whenever I get a chance. You know. For me, it's a real thing, so I try to keep it real. I don't try to put crap inside there or fill it up with bullshit. I mean, you know, I mean, I have many sources of income, so I don't rely on East Dark Garden alone for an income. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, it's taken so long for me to actually make something out of it. It's more because I wanted to see if it was actually real enough to put out there, you know, could I really fill the, the shoes of East Dark God, could I really make something of it, and uh, that's still to be proven, I'm still working on that, and, um, you know, like I said, it's a solo project, bottom line, I really appreciate my fans and the people that are into East Dark Garden, and I totally understand those that find it not fitting for them, I mean, I I don't like all things in the world. I mean, I only like a few things. So, um, I think that justifies uh, my whole perception of you, Stock Garden. But I do, however, have uh, a burning desire to put it out there, you know, to take something and make something of it in the world. I mean, like I was saying earlier, I have a great love for people. In the beginning, I hated people, trust me. Couldn't stand the sight of people. I was very anti-social. But uh, over the years, I've learned to control my own feelings and to see the better side of life. And but it doesn't change who I am. I mean, I'll always be who I am, and um, I'll always have my demons that die at my side. Uh, can't see them, 
but I know they're there. Other people, I don't know if they can see them or not, but even they know that they are there. Animals love me greatly, so I don't know if animals can see them or not. I don't think animals see me as a threat. I mean, there are animals that when they do see me, they become very um, afraid. But uh, the moment I uh, portray a, uh, you know, uh, an acceptance towards them, and I soften my heart, and they soften up with me. And when I, when I chat with animals, it's not like I'm chatting to a dumb animal. I know that I'm speaking to a live spirit. Might have not have the same intelligence level as I have, but uh, I believe they do understand me to, to quite a degree. And uh, once I've established that connection, then that fear barrier sort of falls away. You know. Um, yeah, so well, that's basically it in a nutshell. Um, I wonder if there's, you know, if there's many of you out there that have experienced the same things I have. Uh, probably not. Maybe worse, maybe better. But if you'd like to chat with me on, on this uh, podcast about uh, demonic possession, and you'd like to comment, and you'd like to ask me questions, you're more than welcome to leave it in the comments. I mean, I'll be on Spotify. Um, also, you can you know, contact me via Facebook. Please, uh, you know, I'm very bad at like, you know, following up on messages. It's one of my weak points. I uh, don't always have the time to answer everybody's messages. Uh, but if I find it really important or really relevant, I will answer. I will get back to you. Um, but please don't don't be shy. Uh, contact me via Facebook or via Spotify or whichever platform you find. Uh, catch a podcast on and also please don't forget to follow me you can follow me on on um, spotify i'd appreciate that very much soon i'll be on uh, on tiktok and uh, instagram and uh, twitter i used to have those accounts i'm just gonna go and open new ones for catch up podcast so as soon as I've done that, I'll provide the link and then uh, we can establish some form of communication. But if there's anything you would like me to talk about or elaborate further on or any questions that you might have about demonic possession, you're more than welcome to contact me. Um, a lot of the stuff that I want to talk about, uh, uh, I don't want to confuse in this week's podcast. I'd rather save it for following you know, upcoming podcasts. So thanks again for spending your time with me. I hope you found this uh, podcast pretty interesting. I hope it was a little something you could take out of it for yourself, something you could relate to. Um, You know, the highlights of the podcast was demonic possession, how it can benefit you, help you to attract the good in life, you know, how to fend off the bad you know and it doesn't sound right but that's exactly how it works you know um the way christianity explains the world is a big fucking farce if you ask me they confused everything to such a degree where people don't fucking know whether they're coming or going you know a lot of things that they were taught to believe is not actually true it's actually the other way around you know but um i'll leave that for later discussions you know Later conversations, other podcasts, upcoming podcasts, uh, of which a lot I'll be talking about in uh, East Dark Garden season two. 
um, the songs I've written reflect a lot of these things and um, I talk, I'll be discussing that in season 2 okay thanks again for joining me I really appreciate it and uh, have a wonderful evening thank you bye bye